welcome back to the original box set Shadowrun podcast. We have a special episode starring Zamora Saito as she shows off her hacking skills and shares some stories about her past. Zo got picked up by some rented cops because she forgot to turn off her deck after the data heist on Aegis Safeguard Securities. We'll see how she manages to pull herself out of their grasp and find out more about why she chose to turn away from her corporate lifestyle to become a decker for hire. Our GM is Max, but today he's letting Zoe run the show. Zamora Saito is played by Sarah. We hope you enjoy listening. You're taking a moment to get relaxed and cleaned up as you're coming out of the shower. You wrapped your hair up. You're feeling rather crisp. It's very enjoyable to get washed up after a pretty long day of running around with the rest of like Sonny and all of her friends as you've been dealing with that guy, Luciano, and his shit. You come walking out to the front room, brushing your teeth, just in the moment when you look over and you notice Cat is mewing at you. Emoticons are streaming across in front of her in midair as, uh, wait a minute, you don't have sidebars, do you? I have contacts. You have contacts. Okay. As you come out brushing your teeth and you see Mimoticon streaming across Kat's face as she seems to be trying to get your attention at something, and you realize your deck is on. And it's been on since you walked away from it. Shit. Well, uh, I run over and turn it off, obviously. I guess check over if anything's been damaged quickly, and then prioritize the move, I suppose. <laughs> Nothing has been damaged. The deck seems to be just fine, but since you immediately turned it off, you didn't give yourself a chance to do a tra- see if there was a trace laid down on you, or if anybody done any digging to, you know, follow you. But that's fine. Have you prepped anything for this move? Because I'm, I'm assuming any good runners already planned for their next hideout. Yeah, I have been planning on moving, um, I guess, for a little while, really, since I first started getting into more heavy into running, you know, better upgrades, better location kind of thing. Um, Understandable. So, yeah, I guess in preparation, I already have a couple places already in mind to be moving off to. It's still downtown, but it's swankier. I am going to call Sitting Eagle. He has access to a truck. (laughs) (laughs) Not only is your husband, but he has a truck. Well, you know, friends in high places, I guess. Or friends who can help you move. Exactly. Just got to feed him. Yeah. I'm sure he can make time since he recently moved up in position at the Stuffer Shack out there on the island. He, I'm sure he can just immediately shuffle some time around to make sure to come into town to help you. Unless you – did you want to express to him that this was urgent and there might be trouble or just kind of keep it – Um. Probably express that he needs to come fairly quickly. I don't want to give him the impression that I'm in trouble because I don't want him to worry. But just, you know, kind of quick. Yeah, uh, Cassie says, show it, don't tell it. What? Oh, oh you want us to role play the conversation between sitting Eagle and her. Yeah. That's what you mean. Oh, okay. Show it, don't tell it. Okay. Well, I'm trying to figure a way we can pick up from. Okay, so you call sitting Eagle. Phone rings for a moment or two. Naibe, uh, stuffer shock. Sitting eagle. Hey there, hot stuff. Hey, babe. Uh, <laughs> what's up? Not much. Um, was wondering if you have some time off soon. Maybe you can come out and see me. You can hear the sound of slightly feverish key typing. Uh, hang on. I'll, I should be able to get some time cleared up here in a minute. Awesome. Yeah, I am planning on moving. Kind of a big thing. Moving? Yeah. But your apartment was nice. 
well, yeah, but I, I needed some better equipment, better space, you know, and I'm, I've already been looking at a couple of places and they really want me to take ownership rather soon. Oh, you're calling to see if I can come help you move. Well, that and I want to see you. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, don't mind if you just use me. It's okay, too. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I kind of like you, so. Yeah. Um, let me send some texts out and I'll rearrange the schedule for whatever day you want. I mean, like, are we talking this weekend? Uh, maybe next weekend? What day, what day of the week is it? We'll say it's, uh, you came in, you guys were doing that. It was a Thursday. So the, uh, that would be, this would be, this would be like Thursday right now. Um, this weekend would be best. Like I said, they really want me to nail down this apartment. I already have one place, um, that's a definite. I'll be doing another VR walkthrough and probably putting the deposit down. Okay. Yeah. You hear the, the phone gets muffled and you hear him yelling at somebody. And asking them, hey, you want to work Saturday? And someone yells back, no. And then he said, I'll count as overtime. And you hear a yes. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, okay, I'm free on Saturday. Awesome. Cool, babe. Um, Do I need to bring anybody else or just me and my truck? I mean, I don't have a ton of stuff. And I'll probably pick up, pick up some more. Like get the, the stuff delivered to the new place after I get everything nailed down. But um, just bring your lovely self and I'll supply the beer and pizza. Sweet. Do I need any tools? I mean, I can grab my dad's uh, box. Yeah, go ahead and bring that. I mean, honestly, I'll probably just get a bunch of stuff from IKEA Corp, too. Oh. They give you the little weird Allen wrench things. Okay, yeah, then I'll leave it out so there's more room because it's kind of big. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I probably head out tomorrow. I get off at 8, and I can be in town about 1 a.m.-ish. Okay. Well, I'll definitely be up. <laughs> Do you ever sleep? Sometimes, maybe. Well, then I'll I'll come in town. We'll uh we'll drink a few beers and I'll help you get to sleep. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, everything going okay? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, that's good. Everything's going fine here. Uh, yeah. How's the family? Doing pretty good. Uh, Nana is uh, holding a ritual this coming up weekend for. A turkey spirit that, uh, <laughs> she's hoping that it will bring a, like, um, it's a festive kind of thing. We sit around, eat a bunch of food, drink beer. So it's, that's about it. <laughs> you know. That sounds really great. Yeah. Well, when you've done it once, you've done it a hundred times, but I mean, I guess because you've never done it. You know, hey, look, uh, next year, there'll be another turkey spirit beer drinking kind of thing. All we do is we get a turkey and deep fry it and sit around drinking and talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can definitely do that. So there's a momentary pause where, well, not momentary. It's like a long, little drawn out pause. And he's just like, I, uh, I'm kind of glad you're getting a new place. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, new place, more room. Your job's doing good for you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more place. Um, a lot more space. I mean, you could come out and maybe bring stuff with you. Um, I, uh, you think that'd be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think there'll be enough room. I mean, I don't really have, like, a lot of stuff, but clear out a couple drawers. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could grab some stuff. That way I, I'm not wearing the same clothes all weekend. 
<laughs> wearing clothes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I gotta, I gotta get back to work here and, and get some stuff organized. But I'm really excited about coming in town to see you. I'm really excited for you to be coming into town to see me too. All right, babe. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. And then you know he'll hang up. And uh, he, he was, he was. I was trying to describe him as being hesitant there with the conversation as much as possible. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was trying to toss out, "Hey, can I bring my stuff over to your place?" <laughs> and you just threw it out there, and he's just like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> You know, extended stays. Yeah. All right, so that's taken care of. You've plotted a truck out. You've said you've got some places you need to go look at VR-wise as well. So what do we got going on? Yeah, there are a couple of larger apartments um, that I was looking at. Uh, like I said, still downtown. I guess I can just log in and take a look at those to make sure they're big enough and they have enough space and they have the... I guess the upgrades that I'm looking for, like better service, better grid, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can log in to do some VR walkarounds. I mean, a lot of the downtown places are going to have those 360 images of apartments. Cool. I will also be ordering some boxes. What does the weather say it's going to be like for the next weekend, like the, this weekend coming up? Rainy, rainy, and overcast. Excellent. Plastic boxes it is. Okay. Totes. 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 Yeah, those should be able to be delivered within the day. There's a, you know, some sort of company like Uline can airdrop them onto your place. Excellent. Well, I guess uh, after I find the perfect place with all the specs that I'm looking for, I'll go ahead and put a deposit down. Okay. Game mechanic style-wise, you're moving from a low to a middle lifestyle, and uh, we talked about it. We're adding in several other benefits to it, such as better grid access and uh, what was the other thing? Kind landlord. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, but you're going to be dropping some pretty... Yeah, a ridiculous, a ridiculous amount on... I think it's higher access than just mid-grade to the grid... Kind landlord. I think it was something else that actually gave me noise reduction. Like a better workspace. I can't find my notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I found it. It gave me plus one noise reduction. It got me on the global grid mm-hmm. and kind landlord. Along with all the, the normal medium lifestyle. It gave me better security, faster delivery, um, and upped my obscurity which means uh, how how well people will be able to find you right okay so yeah moving up to a medium lifestyle with some bonuses added in there it's going to be worthwhile it gives you global access and uh, yeah all right so <clears throat> boxes will probably be there the same day as you ordered them coming in from uline that's a company we work with all the time to get boxes i don't know about you guys anything in particular you want to do while you uh what what happens next? Organizing all of the things in the apartment, breaking the news to Kat that we're getting a bigger place, so she'll have more place to ride her little Roomba around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, she is definitely enjoying her new toy, as well as she's excited the options for larger space. Uh, she's went ahead and she ran with you on the VR. 
So she's mm-hmm. downloaded a copy of the blueprints and she's showing you that on the blueprints, she has picked out the three locations she wants her two new cat boxes and her old cat box to be at. Three cat boxes? Yep, three cat boxes. It's a bit excessive, but at least they're the automatic ones. Yep. <laughs> okay. Also, buying furniture, like newer, better furniture would probably be, since we have the schematic, like the blueprint, we can go to the Ikea website and like pick out furniture to fit properly, Tetris it up. Yep. Yeah, just putting things into piles. Okay. Putting things in piles, organizing stuff. During this time prior to him showing up, did you want to take a chance or take a moment and sort through some of the video file you downloaded? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, with any spare time that I have, I'll go through a lot of the video that I got from Aegis Corp. Yeah. So it's a lot of digging as you're working. So you can have that video running at the same time while you do stuff. So you get some pretty gosh darn boring crap as you're sorting through. But you also find some stuff that looks pretty good. And, uh you know, you've already found the file you want to look through, but you're also digging through the other stuff for some pay data. You find some really interesting stuff and I'm assuming that you're wanting to get this pay data out there so you can start earning some extra cash. Am I correct? Yes. Where, and I, I think in our discussion, you wanted to do this at Jack point. Yeah. And we did run through some of that, didn't we? Yes. Now, did you have, when we did all that dice rolling, one of them was like a day's transfer. Somebody paid for the cash up front and so that you had a lump sum of cash in hand. Yes. Okay. I did not ask at that time because this this is now important. Which ID did you let them put that money up to? I mean, because it was a transfer from bank to bank. Right. That would be um, under Laura Norris. Okay. So Laura Norris made that transaction for that data file. Yes. That vid file. Okay. Mm-hmm. So – we're just going to fast forward as you've got boxes piled up, getting things organized, and you're watching through some of the video. You're watching a video of an older woman, and she's having a rather heated argument with a younger woman in her about 30s. The older woman's in her – no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. The older woman is in her 70s, and the younger woman is in her 40, 50-ish range. And it's a heated argument that's on the video as you're doing stuff, packing – you got a message not too long ago that uh, Eagle is about to, to pull up and then you, you uh, get distracted by the video as you watch the younger woman push the older woman down the flight of stairs that they're, she's going down and you watch her fall making quite a bit of noise and she hits the ground. The other woman walks up and uh, reaches down, checks for a pulse of the old woman. And the old woman is just sitting there saying, oh, I, I hurt. I, I need – call my help. Uh, get my dock wagon bracelet. And the woman sits there and walks over and grabs the purse and pulls out the dock wagon bracelet and begins looking at it. And you see she pops the battery out of the back of it. God. And so the the old woman on the ground sitting there going, what are you doing? And the other woman, she says, I'm just making assurances. I'm tired of walking behind you and underneath your shadow. It's time for things to change in this corporation, and that just means that something has to go. By that time you hear you, – you notice that there's another text message popped up in your little side mirror window. You open it up. It's like, are you going to answer the door? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> – I'll, I'll buzz the door so he can 
All right, you, you buzz the door. He comes in out of the rain. As you jump back over to be watching the video, you see the old woman is now like crawling across the ground. You can definitely tell her legs are broken, and she's heading toward uh like the front door or something. The other woman comes over and says, no, 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 you just need to stay here. And she drags her back toward the base of the stairs. The older woman screams and she's like, will you stop it and just go ahead and die? And that's the actual statement on the video. <laughs> and so how do you want to approach this? As you know, Sitting Eagle is about to come in. Not like he can see the video you're watching, but... The, the horror on my face as I'm watching this. What about the dollar signs that's rolling through your mind of the massive amounts of pay data this is? Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Save that one for later. <laughs> okay. Uh, as you as you toss that file off to one side, Cat sister tries to access it, but you immediately throw it into a slot, pull it off, and toss it onto the countertop so Cat can't get to it. Sliding into one of the, you put it into one of the boxes with all the other chips that you have from chipsets, and you go over and open the door. And standing on the other side of your how the, oh, your current apartment door is Sitting Eagle. He is soaked to the bone, wearing a white T-shirt and blue jeans. He's got his cowboy boots on and his cowboy hat on. And a, and a, his jacket's also soaked. He's, he's like, hey, uh, sorry it took me so long to get in town. You're soaked. Come in. Take that off. <laughs> he laughs. Okay. <laughs> do we, uh, do we just want to keep packing or, uh, as he comes in and starts taking off his clothes? <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> and then the adult themed part happens. Smushing. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> smushing. Lots so much smushing. smushing. So much smushing. <laughs> All right. Um. So that he got into town, and it was probably about two a.m. by the time he got there. So you guys hang out, and then he crashes. You get back up and start packing boxes. The insomnia has been kicking for the last two days. As your paranoia worry about the situation has kind of grown. The day beforehand, as you were sorting boxes and whatnot. Uh, um, a drone flew by the windows pretty closely and was enough to give you a nice little jump scare. So getting out of this apartment sounds like a pretty damn good idea. So by the time 8 o'clock rolls around, you've got a lot more packed up. You've taken a break. You've sorted through some more videos. You rewatched the old woman falling down the stairs at least another time or so, getting information, picking out what security corp, what company this is actually she's talking about, who these people are, getting good facial pics. It's going to take a while to do some digging to find out who this old woman was, maybe check some obituaries or something. So there's a lot of things that you could possibly do to dig up some good cost on this. But blackmail money is uh, can be worth it. Yeah. Seems real good. So I guess in between all that, whenever Sitting Eagle finally gets up, um, that's when I guess we'll start moving everything over to the new apartment because I will have secured the lease, gotten the down payment, pretty much got everything packed up and stacked neatly next to the door, make sure everything's ready to go by the time he's like up and awake and I'll make us both coffee. We'll have some leftover pizza. And start moving boxes. All right. The overcast isn't bad. Drizzles for the most part. It's easy to load it into the truck. He brought tarps. So you can cover the plastic boxes with tarps to kind of make sure. Uh, the drive is probably about six blocks away and then up Selvo floor. So you're going up in the world and you're <laughs> moving into – and you actually cross into a – 
new security zone in downtown. So, and it's the, the change in security zone is going from, uh, you are no longer in just one of the burb parts of downtown to you now sit in the shadow of Aries. So as you're driving, you see, you, you know, you've moved into the Aries area by the, the way the, the security on the grid changes, the number of cameras on the street change. And so when you signed your lease with the individual, he said, Hey, heads up. This is, uh, we right next to the Aries Corp. So they're going to want your information as well. So for that purpose, who is signed up for this apartment? Laura Norris or Zoe? I guess Laura Norris. And she's Wait, a, she is a four and I would yeah. not worry about them actually running enough background check to make a difference. So you know that by security protocol, when you drive into this area in the shadow of Aries, your ID has a chance to be checked by these guys. Maybe his too, if he's got one, which I don't think he would. He might have like an old, he might have a driver's license, but I don't think he has like an active sin broadcasting from his Metalink. He's just where he comes from. He doesn't need that stuff. Right. The reservation sin is not something that people normally deal with. Um, anyways, so, you know, it's going to be nice resting in the shadow of Aries because some shit goes downhill. As long as you don't fuck with Aries, you're probably going to be okay. All right. So. The day is going on. Go ahead and give me some more info. I would probably, um, after we get all the boxes, pretty much all the stuff up to the new apartment, start putting things away. The new furniture would arrive. I would put Sitting Eagle on that because Ikea furniture. Exactly. Something he can do. (laughs) I have an idea. I can see it in my mind that as you guys have a few boxes and the furniture is probably either delivered and sitting in the foyer area. So you have like your, uh, the apartment is attached to a hallway and the hallways then branch off in like little cul-de-sacs. And so the cul-de-sac has four front of apartments to it. And so when you guys are getting out of the elevator and you're walking there, the cats on the, uh, Roomba racing down the hall at this point in time ahead of you guys. And so it zips around the corner and uh, as you guys come around the corner, you know, there's the furniture out there and whatnot. So as you get into the apartment and begin moving in boxes, the cat's moving around with the Roomba inspecting yeah. things like a, like a little princess on a chariot. <laughs> Making sure we know where everything goes, escorting us over to the place where the litter box is, where she wants her little scratchy post. Oh, where she yeah. wants her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just getting everything situated. I'll order us food to be delivered later on, later on in the day, whenever we eventually get hungry. And I guess I will leave him to do the furniture and I'll run back and get the rest of the boxes because it's not that much stuff. Okay. Leaving him to the task of doing so, Kat instructs you to make sure to pick up some tuna fish on your way out. Okay. And of course, when you say that, Sitting Eagle Sister and says, what was that? Oh, sorry. Cat requested tuna. He looks at the cat and the cat looks at him and he's just like, oh, and smile. Cause he didn't hear the cat say anything. <laughs> he has <laughs> no idea. I mean, does, wait, does he know about cat? He does. Oh, that's right. He does. Time, the first time we brought cat out to the reservation, we were watching it change channels and we were like sitting on the bed, kind of like creeping over, kind of staring. And whenever Kat noticed that we were staring at it, it kind of like turned around. And then we were like, oh, 
That's right. That's right. So he, being a technomancer, mm-hmm. is able to stay and have be able to see those messages. So when he sees, so he knows that the cat's actually controlling the Roomba. Yeah. So he wouldn't be freaked out about this. Yeah. He can. He saw um, her icon too. Whenever we went out to the reservation, because she finally like got over the hiding it, because we knew something was up with her. Yep. Okay, good. I will make sure to remember that as I move forward, that Sitting Eagle knows that your cat is not normal. She's special. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm going to go pick up boxes and be right back. What, did, what were the last few things that you left at your apartment? Probably some leftover like cords and equipment. I would have moved probably all my deck hardware and my deck. Like put okay. that all together just so I knew exactly where it was. Okay. And probably chose to move that stuff last because that's when the least amount of rain was. Right. All right. So, uh, you're grabbing the last few things. You're writing an email, a message to the landlord saying, Hey, I'm getting the last of my stuff out. Are you hiring a cleaning crew or do you intend to come back and clean the place before you leave or, or screw the cleaning deposit? I'll probably hire somebody. That way you can get most of the cleaning deposit back. Yeah. That would be nice. Okay. As you're gathering the last of the boxes, you grab your keys and you hear some noise coming from your bedroom, but then the noise from the hallway erupts even louder. The door is not a secured door. It is an easily breakable door by somebody of incredible force. And the gentleman kicking the door in at this time is not a tiny individual. An orc in police black uniform kicks the door hard enough to send it flying off its hen- flying off the hinges into the room. As he does so and steps in, he steps to one side, and a partner of his, someone else in a police outfit, jumps in past him. They both have handguns drawn, and then as soon as they do so, one has a handgun and lowers it towards you, and he, he says, Put your hands up! Freeze! He starts yelling. You hear sounds of crashing glass behind you. And more yelling of, freeze, don't move! As guns are out, police, two of them that you can see, and there's at least a third in the hall, the guns are readied and pointed in your direction. Laser sights and everything. What do you do? I guess I raise my hands and say, I guess I'm not getting my deposit back. (laughs) Alright, they outnumber you four to one. Three in the hallway, one coming from from your bedroom. Uh, you notice that their logo on their chest says police, but the corporation symbol says Shepherd Paragon Securities. One of them will yell, resist and we will use force. Another one will rush forward and immediately get close enough within like two meters or so with the gun sitting there yelling at you to raise your hands. Put your hands up. Hands are already up. All right. The, well, I, I realize that your hands are up, but they're still yelling it. They will grab your hands and bring them behind your back. And uh, you have an escape artist, right? Yes. All right. You see the, the cop pulls out class two handcuffs and begins strapping them to your wrist behind your back. Okay. They, um, they're very forceful. Uh, one grabs his radio and says, facial recognition is positive. We have Zamora Saito. Saito. Okay. Yes. Facial recognition confirms. We have Zamora Saito here. We've got her... Bad location. We're going to escort her to the holding position. The other guy said, you hear the radio pops back. Yeah, understood. I'm going to give you a quick descript. These guys are using a Beretta, which is a nice little handgun. It's nothing fancy. 
It won't stop people that are armored. So these aren't really heavily secured corpse. They're wearing lined clothing. They're not wearing armored vestments. So they're not tactical. They don't have any helmets or any special glasses or goggles. You don't see any specialized icons right off the bat. So their guns are throwback, not high-tech. No smart gun links, no wireless communication, which also means that their company doesn't track how many bullets they fire. So it means that this company might not be all that in a can of beans. Okay. You do see the radio has an active icon. They have some sort of uh, vestment on that has a camera to it, has an active icon. They have a badge, a digital badge. So that's that's kind of nice. Do you want to do anything before I push this forward? Not at the moment. Okay. How hard would it be to get out of these handcuffs for a future reference? It's a class two handcuffs. They're pretty simple. As long as you've got some hardware to work with, like something pointy, only at least one success. Got that. Okay. Do you have like bobby pins, hair pins or something? I have my uncle's pocket knife. Okay. So I think you're pretty much going to be good there. Necessary lockpick tools give you an extra two dice to work with, by the way. Okay. Okay. So they force you out the door, hand on shoulder, giving you a push. One of them make a comment. Your cooperation with the police is re- is required. Resistance will only lead to us. Per- I'm not even sure exactly how they would want to say that. We'll beat you up if you fight back. No. How would they say it? Yeah. They wouldn't say anything at this point in time. They'd probably just take you downtown. They'll say, you're you're, you're going downtown. You're under arrest. <laughs> Where specifically downtown? I'll just ask questions, like random questions. Which way are we going? Is it north or south? <laughs> Which highway are you going to take? Because, you know, you should probably go around this way. They will They will read you your rights. Right to remain silent. Right to everything else. And uh, once they get you to the car, they'll notify of the, whoever's on the radio. Roger that. We have her. And... Captivity heading toward the Jackson building, which the Jackson building is probably about a good 10 blocks away from your apartment. So you're still staying within the area. You're not too far from your new apartment at the same time. Okay. Blocks, of course, involve lots of buildings and many people. So it's... Concrete jungle. Luckily, I know how to get away. All right. The police, when you're riding back, they start driving off because you're in the back of a, a wagon. Not an actual car or police squad car. It's a wagon. Two of them will like do an broski elbow pump, fist pump. It's like, yeah, we got one. Fuck yeah, let's take her in. Yeah, fragging criminals or yeah, you know, they're just being pretty much brash. I'm yeah. All right, straight out of the academy, eh? He'll sit there and say the the one who who's like fragging criminals will when you say that he will respond with. Watch what you say. Or I'll make this worse for you. You're going down. As you are heading in that direction, your deck lets you know that it's on the move. As, as you're sitting there in the back of the van and everything, and you're heading toward the Jackson building, apparently so is your stuff. Because your deck's able to ca- talk to you. Right. And it tells you, hey, by the way, I'm currently moving. Okay. The GPS on yeah, – that's how a better way to say it. The GPS on your deck is changing. Okay, so it looks like it's coming where we're going. Yeah. Okay. Are we close enough to start looking at the host or what they're running with or their network? All right, so you want to put some marks onto their system? Because remember, if they're all linked to the same system, you start putting marks on their stuff, it counts. Yes, then yes. 
Yes, you can see that Shepard Paragon Securities has a host <laughs> of sorts. So while you're sitting there writing, you're kind of leaning in, doing a little bit of looking and searching matrix perception. Need at least two successes to uh, kind of delve around real quick and see what they've got as far as it goes for their host. Okay, I can buy five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Paragon has some computer in a basement somewhere with probably about one or two IT guys running it at any given time. You don't, nothing in their file information that you can see seems to indicate that there's much to it other than just a straight up website for saying, Hey, we're a local police station. So it's some sort of sub outsourced police department. This area of downtown is controlled by Night Errant, so this must be some sort of subsidiary of Night Errant that just handles local business. Okay. Do you want to mark these guys' gear up since it all seems to be linked together? I do. All right. Just to get one mark is going to start up your counter. You know that, right? Yes, I do. All right. Then I guess I will wait until we're in the facility. Before you um, start fucking? To start, yeah, just... <laughs> Let's start doing this. All right. So as you get closer, one guy sits there and says, did you all the, see the shit in that box? He's like, hell yeah. There's enough data direct there. There's going to be plenty of information to send her up for River for a long time. Doubtful. But I'll say that under my breath so they can keep their silly illusions. Okay. Power. So he, you say doubtful, and then the van comes to a stop outside of the police station. All right, so quick description. The van shows up to the police station. It's not that grandioso, but the rain coming down basically drenches the heat from the van off you. You walk in. There are desks everywhere. It looks like this dispute out of the 1980s. Everybody's wearing white shirts and ties. You see the server itself sitting nearby. It's one lone little icon spinning as you walk into one of the interrogation rooms. The cop follows behind you. This is the same one that picked you up. The same one that was cocky in the front of the car and says, Miss Saito, we've got evidence here that links you to a terrible incident a couple of years back where a police officer, and at this point in time, he's got a file in his hand. Someone's handed it to him. That links you to a situation with an armored car heist that led to the death and injury, death of two officers and the injury of two more. Do you, do you mind if I take a look at that file? So he'll sit there and be like, this is need to know information in here. But what I'm trying to express to you is that we're going to ask you questions and you're going to tell us what we want to know so that we can make sure that we capture all of your accomplices. When you were in uh, back in 2076, you were part of an information heist that involved Omega Financial. And he's like looking in the folder. And in that heist, there were four security guards. Two of them were killed. Two of them were injured. That information about Omega Financial was hacked out of the uh, Arcadia Financial Corp files, a company that you used to work for. That's right. We know these kind of things. As he's going over all this information, I'm going to kind of lean back in my chair and put my feet up on the table just to kind of give that devil may care kind of overall look. And say, a lot of people worked for Arcadia. How how can you pin this on me? A lot of people work for Arcadia, but a lot of people don't have skills like you have, Mrs. Sato. Sato. 
we know and have very good evidence that you recently made a data run, a break and entering on Aegis Safeguard Securities. What? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm broken entered that ass. <laughs> no, it's fine. It was good. I didn't realize I was doing it. Alright, get back in the mood. We have solid evidence that links you to a data theft, a B&E on Aegis Safeguard Securities, which will allow us to link you to the Omega Financial situation because the signature of both of those situations tell us that you, and he slams the file down on the table, are a hacker. I just kind of blink at him a bunch. I, uh, I believe the, uh, <laughs> the correct terminology is Decker. He'll go, don't get coy with me. I have proof that links you to the two, and we want to know who put you up to those hits. Who are you working for? I have no idea what you're talking about. He sits there and opens a folder, and at this point in time, the folder that he's been flinging around, and in it there are some papers. You know, who uses paper? Uh, a picture of you. Uh, it's your old Arcadia financial photo. Oh, that's a terrible photo. <laughs> you should just burn that. He sits there and goes, our information pins you at the end. There's a knock at the door. So he stops, scoops up his file, walks back over, opens the door. You see it's another gentleman, and they begin conversing for a minute in hushed tones. Then he nods, he smiles, looks back over at you. They make some eye glances back and forth as they talk, and then they make motions for him to... To leave the room, and he's just sitting there and says, Sit tight, Miss Sato. I'll be right back. I'll lift up my arms and shake the handcuffs at him. Okay. You got it. At this point, I would like to contact my deck. Okay. And Kuma. Okay. Done. Excellent. I will tell Kuma to run Program Spinner. All right. Uh, since Kuma's linked to you, do you want to throw some marks on some stuff? Yes. To get this whole thing started, and yeah. you're going to start your count up and go from there. That's fine. All right. All right, your Overwatch score has begun. Kuma is activating what program? Uh, program Spinner, which is to take over their system. <laughs> <clears throat> so putting a mark on a system requires one success. I'm assuming you're going to hack in, on the sleeves? Yep. Hack on the sleeves. All right, so just to let you know, this is how this works. When you do your initial bad thing, you get 2d6, and then you have to resist the system. Now, yes. the system can get dice rolls to resist you. Every net success you get add to your Overwatch score, so that way you have an understanding. The system has an IT guy, and he has a stat, and they also have a server. Until they know you're there, their resistance is near useless because they're not going to resist. So I'm going to make some quick dice rolls to see if they detect you and your activities, and we'll go from there real quick. All right, I'm assuming that you're trying to get three marks. What is the required number of marks for this spinner program to function? Oh, this is one of his special abilities, isn't it? I believe so. Let me bring it. He has... Diagnostic, Stability, Gremlins, Aid, Remote Task, and... I have no idea what that is. 
Sustain? Yes. Computer, electronics, warfare, hardware, diagnostics, gremlin stability. And where do I find this spinner program? No, spinner is just what I named it. It would have been a program that I wrote. Um, okay, so he's going to put marks on the system. So this is a specific task that you've given him that involves more than just a couple of little de- details. Correct. So this is like, explain to me how you invented this program, because I want to hear it. <laughs> Okay. Kind of like kung fu training. Um, it would be very, like the, the writing of this program would have been very similar to like the training games that you can do whenever I first awakened him or took ownership of him as my sprite, one of the first things that we started doing together was playing puzzle games just to figure out how we work together and could work together. And then after that, I started teaching him how to take over systems. I guess it would be similar to hacking on the fly kind of thing, like putting marks on things and taking over systems, what to look for. And I have, hardware at my house that we kind of used as like base models. So I would put up a small network and then I would teach him the correct protocol to go through. And then he would take it from there. And, you know, sometimes he would do really well and sometimes he would fail. And then we just kind of built it from there. Okay. Yeah. So you, you let, let him loose to basically play in the system using the spinner program. It's going to do, he is, let me double check. What does aid do? Aid is basically helping you do things like extra dice. Diagnostics is aid. Remote task is sending him other places. Gremlins is screwing up their hardware. What is stability? Okay, so he can do a hack. He can do a, a hack on the fly, which involves sleaze. He has a sleaze, which is equal to his rating. He has no other dice to add to it, so he only gets his rating to sleaze. Everything in here he can do, every ability, as long as he has the attribute for it. And since he has all the necessary attributes, he can do all these things. So you have taught him I, – I can't find the abilities. There they are. You have taught him hack on the fly and spoof, which spoof is basically saying, hey, I'm actually the user and I want you to do this, uh, and data retrieval. So basically you've given him a spinner is to take over by laying out three marks onto a system. And then crashing it? Is that what the spinner's end goal is going to be? Deletion would probably be the best. So he only needs one mark to edit files, delete files, and stuff like that. Okay. And then he only needs one mark to crash programs. So yeah, yeah, he doesn't have to do that much to actually make it happen as long as he's got the dice to back him up. And he can generally buy about two successes. Well, if he's, yeah, two successes if he's level 10. And if you put the mark on the system, that means all he has to do is just jump in and go. Right. And start taking over. So I can I can definitely put the mark on because hack on the fly is, you know, as long as the system doesn't resist too much, I can buy five successes. Yeah, it only got one to resist you, so I'm not worried about it. Okay. All right, was there anything else that you wanted to do at this time? No? Okay, so we're going to move on to the good cop moment. Okay. All right. So I'm basically waiting for Kuma's signal saying, ding, ding, we got it. Okay. The door opens back up and a younger man, blonde hair, short cropped, blonde hair, nice suit, looking incredibly different than uh, the other cops. He's not 
got anything but a badge on his hip, walks in with a, a small data pad that has uh, an icon floating in air. You can see the data pad isn't linked to the rest of the system, so maybe it's like a personal pad that or whatever. And he walks in, he says, uh, Zamora Saito? Yes. He smiles. Uh, Neil Hugan. Uh, he says, uh, sorry about, uh, earlier, but I, I need to talk to you about some stuff. You are being implicated into a series of crimes, and we'd like you to answer some questions that will help maybe resolve you from this whole affair, and we'll be able to, to move on from here. Maybe you can even go home. Great, because I really need to get home. It's kind of tired. It's been a real long couple of days. I understand that. We just want to make sure that we have good information with us and that you're able to help us find people who have done terrible things. Looking into your file, we have belief that you were involved in a heist of data from Arcadia Financial Corporation. It is believed that you were involved in this and... We have evidence that links you to this as provided to us by Arcadia itself. In this data information, an armored car was attacked by armed individuals. Two officers were killed. And he opens the folder and he pulls out pictures of two police officers and sets them in front of you. And he says, and two more were injured. They have since recovered. These people were killed in the line of duty because this information got out about the armored car. We also have reason to believe that three days ago, there was a data heist at AGS Safeguard Security, and the MO for that operation matched directly to the same as your... And he stops for a minute. The best way I can be describe it is the work profile from you at Arcadia Financial Corporation, and the work, the way in which... They've described it. It's referred to as your Decker's fingerprint. I'm still not very clued in on all of these details, but I do understand that what they are, what we have in front of us is a very complicated thing. My files show that you're a human, but I don't see a human sitting across from me. I'm wondering if maybe you could help shed some light on some of the things that are going on here, because there's a high level of confusion about who you really are. Well, that's quite a tall order. I can definitely tell you I'm not human. Okay, okay. Um, All right. Okay, he goes, well, your sin says that you are a human and that you are from UCAS in the Canada? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And you were, so did you, maybe the file or information just is, has it wrong and you, you goblinized? Well, I don't know if you know this, but files lie. I'm elf. I was born an elf. My parents were actually born human. They were goblinized, and it took them a really long time to find each other, but they finally did, and they made little elfy me. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, um, or how much history you know about what happened after the goblinization, but during the Night of Rage, they were killed. They like they knew something was going to happen. They knew that danger was coming, so they went and got my ears clipped, and they altered my skin, my sin to say that I was human, so I could get away and hopefully live a normal life. And that's whenever my uncle came and took me, and we went back to Canada, and that's where I grew up. Um, 
Arcadia doesn't have very much training records. In fact, you never even had any formal education. Where did That's true. That's not true. I did go to school. I got through with my BA uh, in computer science before I got a job with Arcadia. They should have had that information. Oh, he flips through some pages. I apologize. It's, it is here. I was handed this file about 20 minutes ago and, and asked to come talk to you. So pl- I apologize if I make any mistakes. I'm, I hope I at least say your name right. You have been. What else does it say about me? Well, it says, uh, here's your transcripts from Arcadia, from college. Uh, you got a computer science degree. Okay. After I graduated from college and started with Arcadia, they gave me incentive to get a data jack, which really just helped further my delve into the matrix. So they they gave me a relatively good data jack and I'm, they started me, God, I think I started in customer service and then they eventually moved me to IT where I just kind of sat underutilized and underappreciated. So you would know what the use of subversion files would do for a corporation because the subversion file that was used in the data heist as well as in the heist back in 2076 was the same. I wouldn't say it was the same. I would say it's quite similar. I have improved my technique over the few years. So. so you did write that subversion file? Let me give it to you straight. I did. I needed money. A lot of my hacking wasn't actually paying the bills so much. And that's actually why I went to Arcadia. They had benefits. They had regular paychecks. I wasn't really that known. So that's why I went with Arcadia. But, I mean, it just, I have a problem with authority. Oh, okay. Groups in general. Where where did you learn to do this? I mean, did they teach you this in college? Oh, God, no. No. Whenever I was growing up, it, it kind of came naturally to me. It was really easy. I mean, I <laughs> you should have seen my first comlink that I got. Oh, man. I had to jerry-rig some dongles onto there that I made myself, by the way, out of spare parts that I just cannibalized from all over the place. It was ridiculous. And then he stops and he's you can see he's kind of like halfway making notes. He's like, I apologize to interrupt you. What's a dongle? Ooh, it's these little things that you attach to a comlink, and you can set them up to do a lot of different stuff. Tack dongles, sneaky dongles. It's really fun. He nods. Go go ahead. So the first time I ever hacked anything, I was super surprised. Honestly, I thought it was going to fail. I thought the cops were going to get called, but it didn't, and I actually got through it. And then whenever I came home, Really, really excited. At that point, I start talking with my hands, telling them how excited I was. Whenever I was telling my uncle, I'll slide the handcuffs nonchalantly over in front of him and back in and into Zoe. Yeah, it was just ridiculous how fun it was. It was a thrill, really. Uh, he's going to realize you've taken the handcuffs off and he's going to be in surprise. What? what? How did you do that? I got skills. But anyway. I mean, after that, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't out there going crazy, hacking everything I could get into, because that would just... At this point in time, you can hear sounds outside. You know that Kuma has, at this point, taken over their system and shut down things going on outside. 
You know what's going on. The cop at this point is going to stop and he's looking over his shoulder because you guys can hear muffled noises. Like there's something going on. Do you want to go ahead and continue? But most of the time I spent a lot, I spent a lot of time outdoors. I mean, me and my uncle used to go hunting a bunch. He taught me how to live off the land. Those are probably my best days growing up because we kept getting farther and farther away from cities because he just kind of was a recluse and I didn't mind. It was really after, um, after he got cancer and passed that I came back to the city. And that's the only reason I did. I just really couldn't stay out there any longer. And he, you know, you can definitely tell that he, he's taken back, uh, but didn't you, weren't you worried about breaking the law? I mean, it's now come down to this. You've been caught. Yeah, but I mean, law, rules were meant to be broken. I don't know. It just seems the right thing to do because corps take advantage of people. And if you're stealing from a corp, you're not stealing from a person. Corporations have private entity rights, just like people do. Which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. A corporation is not a person. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have thoughts of its own. It's just a machine. He says, I'm, I'm not here to argue about the rights and litigations for a corporation. But if you could do this, and why not just stay with the... And he's looking over his shoulder at all the chaos that seems to be going on outside. Why not just stay with... What is what is going on out there? By that time, when he says, what's going on out there, that's when the lights flicker three times. Hey, I'm I'm still talking here. Do you want this information or not? He, he will look at you uh, and sit back down in the chair. Thanks. I don't get to tell this story very often. Like, I don't get to tell anybody. When Arcadia gave me the data jack, they threw me a party. It was an implant party. Everybody was really excited. I, it would give me more options. But after, you know, after things kind of died down a little bit and I got started working, it didn't feel free. It didn't feel like a, like a good option. The monotony of everyday corporate work didn't feel right. Being in the Matrix by itself felt free. Like whenever I lived in Canada and I got to run around in the woods and felt part of something, it didn't feel like that. And I wanted that feeling. So eventually, out of, I guess, fate, destiny, whatever you want to call it, I stopped working for Arcadia. And now I work for myself. Okay, so I've decided that I'm done talking to this guy. Just flat out done. I signaled for Kuma to kill the lights. As I am getting up, I grab his data tablet in front of me, uh, in front of me. I put it into the, the back of my jacket, walk around, get real close to his face, looking at him because he can't see a damn thing because it's pitched ass black in here. It's been really great talking to you. Walk around to the other side, grab the handcuffs and cuff him to the chair. I say, I mean, it's been, a really, really long road getting here, and I think I'm doing at least some good to somebody, and that's all that really matters. Getting better at what I'm doing right now, and if that means taking information from corporations, I have no qualms about that. Wait, where are you going? I have all this evidence. We have it on recording. The room's tapped. My tablet has it recorded, too. I'm sorry, sweetie, but you ain't got nothing. It was nice meeting you. And I'll tap the the data pad as I walk out 
so he knows I have it. I walk to the door, open it, close it behind me, lock it. Everybody is scrambling out in the darkness. I take the data pad. I attach a clip to it so I can take it over, put some marks on it, erase the entire conversation that we've had, put it, like, slip it onto somebody's desk, and on the way out, I will walk into the room where I know my deck is, grab those boxes, pick up all my stuff, and start heading out the front door. Okay. That's pretty good. Yep. Is it raining? Of course. (laughs) I will pull my boxes close, flip up my hood, and right about now, Sitting Eagle should be pulling up. And he is. I get in the truck with my boxes. Yes. Why Why you stopped by this police station? Oh, I just had to pick up a few things. <laughs> and... <laughs> you're so detailed you're married to him. He should know. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the original box set Shadowrun podcast. We'll have more character background episodes available in the coming weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with us via Facebook or YouTube to check out actual play videos of the original box set playing Shadowrun and other tabletop RPGs. You can also swing by our website at originalboxset.com and check out our gaming calendar, additional information about our games, and images that inspire our worlds and characters. And if you're enjoying our work, please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash originalboxset so that we can continue to bring you this podcast as well as other great actual plays and entertainment. Today's featured music is titled Epic Song from Alpha Brutal, and trust me, the whole song is pretty epic, so check it out. We'll catch you next week, chummers. And now for all this legal dreck. Original Box Set is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. You can share us, but please give us credit. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership over the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Original Box Set, that's us, to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Original Box Set in any official capacity whatsoever. Oh my goodness, that's so much. Okay, bye.